Today we're going to jump right in because I wanted to do two things. I wanted to read a scripture to you that kind of embodies my dream and my prayer for us as a church for the upcoming year. So kind of like dreaming through scripture of who I think God is going to work in us and make us to be and his dreams maybe for us. And then also after that, um, I would like to lay out some of the um, thoughts that uh, I guess it would be Danny and Jane and Michaela and Nicole and Michelle and myself have been trying to collect over this last year. What have we seen God do and where does that give us a good foundation to jump off up into the next year? I mean, everything feels like it takes forever, but really we've only been together back for like four months. Doesn't it feel like 10 years? This was the fall, right? It wasn't the fall. With the, we're just ending that now. It's been such a short, three months maybe. I don't even know. But you tend have the tendency, at least I know I do, to like expand things. And like, oh, that went forever. That was it. But we're just taking these little baby steps in a direction towards loving God and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so we want to take some more baby steps in the new year. So the, the scripture is going to kind of transition right into a presentation, hopefully interactive. We can talk about this stuff, brainstorming what God might do with us for the upcoming year. So for those at home, I'll send out um, the notes that I'm working from. I actually have handouts. I don't want to hand them out before because it'll just get too confusing. But on the way out, please everybody grab one of those and just be thinking through that, praying about how do we relate to each other? What will God call us to do? So instead of, and without any further ado, let's just jump right into scripture. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and let's hear a word from God and then dream together about how it might play itself out in this upcoming year. here last week. Welcome to COVID land, right? Week by week, we have entirely different co congregations. Two, maybe? Three, Danny, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, maybe half of us. So those of you who are here last week, quiz. What was the sermon on? Oh, quick. Oh, brownie points. Man, you're getting double Christmas presents this year. That's fantastic. Glory. And what about glory? Someone else. You already answered. Someone else. What about glory? What did we talk about last week? See glory in others. Yeah. Glory. See glory of God in others. Yes. How to glorify God. Yeah. What else? Whatever you do, do. Yes. Quote it, please. I will. I will. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, drink, do it all to the glory of God. Yeah, glory. We just had moments where we say glory to God for what you've done in our lives. Glory to God for who you are. And the glory is this manifestation of his goodness, manifestation of his character. So we're going to just pick up right where we left off last week. We were at the end of chapter three there, and I'm going to read that again, talking about us revealing uh, and reflecting the glory of God. But then I'm just going to continue on into chapter four, and I'm going to read that. And then I'm going to continue on into chapter 5. I'm going to read that. 
And then I'll stop there. But in chapter 4 and chapter 5, I'm going to kind of like do the Dave translation, Dave standard version, the DSV, because I'm going to insert a particular phrase again and again and again and again and again and again and again, because I want you to grasp the intent of Paul. And and here's my little like two-second um, grammar lesson that we need to start with. Sometimes when you, you talk about grammar, it's boring and makes no impact on what you're reading, but sometimes in scripture, there are certain elements of how it was written down for the original listeners that when you learn those, like, oh, that gives me a little bit extra insight. It's not just the meaning I've gotten, it's the meaning I've gotten plus a little bonus. The way Greek does its verbs is one of those moments, and you might have heard this before, so if you have, forgive me, but if not, think about this. In English, we say, I, I I have a bottle here, or I am holding this book, or you know, I'm standing here. It can either be like something you did for a second, or it can be something that you're, you're doing this second, but it has like a momentary nature to it. We think of life, probably as Americans, as like second by second, and I'm doing something for that second. Greeks didn't think of that at all, at all in their present tense. When they said they're doing something, it was continuous, ongoing action. Like, I am continuing and will hold this bottle. I am holding on to and will continually hold on to this Bible. I will speak and I will continue to speak for hours today. Maybe not. But the ongoing continuous nature changes how you think about things. It changes how you think about things. And this whole section of Paul's letter, I want us to recognize that he means every second of every day. Day by day by day by day. Doing, living, being. Not like, I did it. Not checkbox faith, like living in it, abiding in it. Um, And so that daily, daily moment, we're living in the present always. You know, we think about the past, we think about we're in this present, we're continually abiding in this present. And uh, that's where the glory comes in. That's where God's glory shines. That's where we're going to have moments where we can shine. Glory is going to be in the present. And so we need like a daily cycle a daily rhythm of abiding in Christ and saying, what are you saying to me today, this day? What will I continue to believe today? What will I continue to pray for today? Because I think sometimes we set ourselves up into a weekly rhythm. That's the more natural one. We kind of come to church and we have a Sunday and we worship and then we sort of like see how that carries us through. But if you think about that, then we're waiting to be fed, waiting to have someone say to us in a worship service, this is what God is saying to you, rather than every moment of every day abiding, God, what are you saying to me now? about to pick up the phone. What should I say? I'm about to go into a meeting. What does that person need to hear? I just woke up. What do you have for this day? Who will you connect? That abiding, okay? That's what is getting at, uh, that's what Paul is getting at when he uses the language that he used, but it doesn't say it that way, so it kind of comes across like, do this, and then I do this. No, no, like sink into this rhythm of daily glorifying God and experiencing His glory. So I'm going to revise it as we go and try to reinforce that repetitive daily nature because that's all I want from this year. I just want us to day by day be living for Jesus and really enjoying Him and experiencing Him, hear Him speak to us, have miracles happening all the time. And that's going to require this abiding. So let's just read about God's glory. Think about how we're going to live this out. This is my dream for us. This is what I believe for us. It's not just a dream. I believe that this is a definition of us in this upcoming year, and I'm excited about it. So let's just read God's word together. Please personalize it. Um, Let me say a quick prayer. Father God, please just speak 
through these pages, speak through these words to us. Holy Spirit, uh, make the, the truth of God and the word of God come alive to us. May we not be observers. May we not be followers in the sense of just watching. Uh, may we be active participants in your glory and manifesting your glory. Bring it alive in our lives, Father, for your glory. And may your glory shine. Help us to see ourselves in these pages, Father, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So please read this as a definition of yourself, God's word to you. We'll just pick up where we left off. That was 2 Corinthians 3, and um, we'll start with verse 16. Now when someone turns to the Lord, that veil is removed. That they can't like, quite understand things. Things become clear. The veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, us, New Hope family, we've got the unveiled faces. And we are beholding the glory of the Lord every single day. And we are being transformed into that same image every single day from one little degree of glory to a greater degree of glory every single day. And this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So therefore having this service, you probably see ministry in your uh, Bibles there. That's how often the... What is it? Diakonos. The, the word is translated as, but it means to serve. So this is how we serve. Therefore, having this like lifestyle of serving, which is just like we're all excited about. Just give me someone to help. How can we help? What is God doing? That, that, there we have this lifestyle every single day of serving, which we only have by the mercy of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart every single day. There are days where we're tempted to lose heart. We're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen to us. God's got us. We're being carried along by His Spirit. This is from the Lord, right? So it doesn't depend on your own strength. It's not going to happen because we are God's. So we will not lose heart every single day. But we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. And we refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's Word every single day. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God every single day. Don't wait for the next program that's like an evangelistic campaign. Just tell your neighbor God loves them. Right? Every single day we put away the bad. Every single day we have open statements of truth. Just loving God in the sight of others. Verse 3. And even if our gospel, this good, 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 good news is veiled, it's only veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the good news, of the glory of Christ, that manifestation of God, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim every single day, ongoing present tense, we're proclaimers. We're living proclaimers, ongoing proclaimers. It's not ourselves. Don't take any credit. Don't let people give you credit. Don't accept it. We don't proclaim ourselves, but we proclaim Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as our Lord, our King, every single day. And with ourself as your servants. So anyone we meet, we're just here to serve you because of God's great mercy. Every single day. For God, the same God, who said, let light shine out of darkness during creation. He has shown in our hearts every single day 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way. Does that sound like the last two years? Yeah, we're afflicted in every way, every single day. But we are not crushed. Like, praise God, glory to God. We're actually all still standing. Glory to God, we're here right now. Like, we've made it through everything so far. Come hell or high water, we have been afflicted, but we are here because of the mercy of God. So we've been afflicted every day in every way, but we are not crushed. Every single day we realize we are not crushed beyond repair. We are perplexed, confused every single day. This is like a reality for us right now. That's okay. Because we are not driven to despair every single day. We turn back to God every single day. He's our out. He's our relief. He's our hope. We are persecuted every single day, but we are not forsaken any day. We are struck down every single day, but we are not destroyed any day. We are always carrying. This is a good way to translate the ongoing nature. We're always carrying in our body the death of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, the the, the willing, willing bearing of pain of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies every single day. Not just on Sundays, not just in mountaintop experiences, not just in the moment where someone accepts Christ, but in the normal, in the every, in the always. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake every single day, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh every single day. So death is at work in us. He's talking about him as apostles, now teachers. But life in you, the body of Christ. Now, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke, we also believe every single day. And so we also speak every single day, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. And it's all for your sake, people of God, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God every single day. And this is where we get to the made new part, every single day, which is our hope, our joy, and it's God's prayer and dream and my belief for us for this year. So we do not lose heart every single day. And though our outer nature is wasting away with COVID and fevers and who knows what every single day, Our inner nature, the stuff that actually matters, our soul, our spirit, our heart with the Lord. Guess what's happening to that? It is being renewed. We are experiencing inner revival, renewal every single day. So let the bodies fail, but take care of the soul. Take care of the spirit. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, the eternal weight of the manifestation of God, being in His presence in such a way that you feel His goodness, like a, like a, a wave washing over you will be in His presence like no other experience that we've had. The eternal weight of the manifestation of the character of God, which is beyond all comparison. 
So we look not to the things that are seen every single day. So take your eyes off of just the checkbooks and the, the scale that we step onto and the bosses at work and the review and the conferences where we're going to speak. Take our eyes off of those things every single day. And we look towards the things that are unseen every single day. Think on the goodness of God every day. Think on his character. Think on heaven. Think on the spirit every single day. Because the things that are seen are just passing, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So we're becoming eternal people by fixing our eyes on eternal things. So chapter 5. So we know that if this tent, which is our earthly home, this body, this world is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, it's eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan every single day, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, longing to be done with our sicknesses and our illnesses and our weakness and our doubts and fears and all. We groan every single day to put on our heavenly bodies. Verse 3, if indeed by putting them on we may not be found naked, meaning we'll be clothed in heaven. We are meant to be there. God has robes prepared for us in a home prepared for us. Verse 4, for while we are still in this tent, we groan every single day, being burdened every single day, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Let's let the mortal parts of 2022 just be swallowed up by life, be swallowed up by freedom, be swallowed up by glory. They're there, but they're not all there is. We look beyond that. Verse 5, he who has prepared us for this very thing every single day is God. He who has prepared new hope for this day is God. He who has prepared me, who has prepared you for this day is God. He who has prepared this church family for us to walk alongside is God. He who has prepared serve home experiences and this building that we stand in and our, our relationships is God has prepared us every single day. And he's given us his spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage every single day. We know that while we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord and we walk by faith every single day, not by sight any day. Yes, we are of good courage every single day. We would rather be away from this body and at home with the Lord. So whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please him every single day. What will it look like to please him? And the relationships you have. What will it look like to please him in your pursuit of him? What will it look like to please him in the places you go? What will it look like to please him with your money and with your time and with your dreams? We make that our goal, to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others every single day. We need to have conversations with the people around us every single day. We can't wait for that perfect moment. It'll never come. We can't wait until we're ready. We'll never feel ready. We can't wait for someone else to do it. God's put us there. We need to persuade people to put their sins aside, to flee this world and run towards Jesus so that they can experience heaven and not hell, so that their hearts can be redeemed, so that they can be made new and enter into this daily revival. We want revival. We can experience it. We have to persuade others that they need it as well. But what we are is known to God. Paul says, I hope it's also known to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves like to each other. It's not about that. But we're giving cause to boast in us that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. We're supposed to be heart people. 
Let's boast about God working in our hearts. So if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are out of our right mind, it is for you. So we're a little crazy. All right. Every single day. Be a little crazy. Crazy for the Lord. Not safe. Not comfort zone. Not reluctant. Not procrastinators. Not fearful. We're just crazy for Jesus. Verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us. I'll read that again. For the love of Christ controls us every single day. For the love of Christ controls us. Let's read that aloud. I don't know what translation you have, but quote it with me. The love of Christ controls us. Let's say it one more time. The love of Christ controls us. All right, I want every single person in this room to say it together. The love of Christ controls us. Father God, may that be true in this upcoming year. May we be controlled by you. May you take hold of our will and wrangle it into shape. May you steer us into paths that we didn't anticipate for your glory. May you save us from things that we'll never even know we are saved from. May your love control us. May your love control us. May it compel us. May it persuade us. May it take us over, Jesus. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. One has died for all and therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. I mean, don't just see people as people. See people as souls, as like potential. See people as ones whom God loves, as more than just mortal. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation every single day. Or a new creation every single day. I'm a new creation being made new, being revived, being renewed every single day. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us this serving job description. You know, ministry, the, the ability to serve the world in ways of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was trying to fix his relationship, reconcile the world to himself, reach out to sinful man, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ every single day. And God is making his appeal through us every single day. And so, therefore, we implore you on behalf of Christ every single day, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, working together with him then every single day, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I come to you, in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now... Today, this moment, is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. All I want for us is for us to come alive every single day in the ways that God has made us. And that's the heartbeat of this desire for missional church, is that 
you would be discovering who God made you to be and we'd be helping you thrive in that. Whether you call them spiritual gifts and have that as sort of like a narrow category, a specific list of things, or whether you look at your natural talents and say, what opportunities has God given me and how can I use those for his glory? Whether you look out in the world and say, how can all these tragedies be happening? What can I do about it? If your mission is motivated by a heart for certain people or whether God just randomly bumps you into someone who needs help and that becomes where your heart is geared. If you're a parent and you have kids and you want to see them grow to love God, maybe that's where he's going to just say, invest, 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 invest. But it's going to be different. Your story and your story and your story and your moments and your situation and yours and yours are all going to be different. And so instead of saying, well, let's focus on the, what is that, Venn diagrams, on the small area where we're all overlapping and we can be in common, instead let's empower each of us to just go and be ministers, be servants for God, for His glory in the world. That's what the heartbeat of the missional thing is. And so that defines my role as then helping each of us figure out who God has made us to be. Teaching on things like spiritual gifts so that we can discover what ways have God made us. Talking a lot about things like discerning and listening to the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? If we find ourselves running off or you find yourself on a mission that's not God's mission, it's not going to end that well. So really important is knowing if you're on God's mission in the first place. So really important is knowing how to pray. Really important is knowing how to know God's will how to follow him, where he leads. So we're going to talk a lot about those things. I want to equip you to be where you are and be a resource and support. And that's where we kind of lead into this upcoming year.